created music. You know the show. This is Rayola Sports from the West America Radio Network. I am Willie Gibson again, filling in for Ray Ellis this week on location. On location, coming to you live from Gonzales, Louisiana. I know you typically hear from me from Columbus, Ohio. Today, I am again traveling and coming to you live from Gonzales, Louisiana. Joining me, as always, is Jeffrey Helms. Jeffrey, how are you? I'm great, sir. How are you? I'll start it as Ray typically does. I'm glad to. I'm good, sir. Good. Good to hear you. So, uh, as Ray usually starts the show, he always asks, says what matters to him. And what matters to me today, or this week in the world of sports, is LeBron James is a Los Angeles Laker. I know that's been the, the talk of the sports world here in the last 10 days or so. I believe it's been nine days since he made his decision public that he is signing with the Los Angeles Los Angeles Lakers leaving the Cleveland Cavaliers and the NBA world has pretty much been turned upside down with that decision. We'll get into that as well as, well as some other uh, decisions by NBA players in free agency. I have a trade talk as well. Carmelo Anthony uh, discussing a trade possibilities. The Oklahoma City Thunder has allowed him to discuss trade possibilities with other teams. The Heat the Rockets and the Lakers are among the list of teams that he is uh, shooting to go to. And we also, for our football heads, Ray, as, uh, as everyone knows, is a uh, former uh, football great playing with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cleveland Browns. NFL training camps begin. The NFL training camps begin actually on Wednesday. The Baltimore Ravens open up training camp. First of 32 teams to open up training camp. So football season is here. So we're getting all to that, all that as well. But let's first... Uh, Jeffrey, as I mentioned at the onset, LeBron James uh, in free agency left the Cleveland Cavaliers, signed with the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, four years, $154 million. And, and to be quite honest, I, I was shocked, as pretty much uh, most were. I, I predicted that he would stay in Cleveland, not, not more so uh, for the on-the-court uh, situation, but mainly for off-the-court as as. I mentioned Akron is LeBron James' home. He has a great deal of uh, philanthropic uh, endeavors that he, he does uh, partake in the city of Akron. The city of Akron uh, benefits greatly from his presence with the uh, LeBron James Family Foundation and uh, other other uh, entities that he, he partakes in. So for that reason alone, and, and I thought that his family would, would definitely want to, to stay in Akron and, and for those reasons, but he would be signed with Cleveland, but he did sign with with the Lakers. And, and Jeffrey, I know you and I had a session as well. Tell tell the people your thoughts on on LeBron's decision to to sign with the Lakers. Uh, it was very very surprising to me. I know I was listening when we both when we found out we were together, and we didn't believe it at first because we both thought you were saying Cleveland, and I was mainly shocked because the Lakers. When you think of Lakers, you think of your Magic, your Will, Shaq, and Kobe. And so for LeBron to go there, it's, it is shocking because he's basically going to someone else's territory because Shaq and Kobe and Magic have already established L.A. as their city and their town. And so for LeBron to come in and tag along on that legacy, it kind of, it, you can say you can put them, it puts them in a bad situation because with them going there, there's no other choice but to win. So in order for him to kind of stay in the conversation of Michael Jordan as being the GOAT, it kind of, it can hurt his case if he doesn't leave, if he doesn't win a championship because if he wins one, you can make the argument LeBron has won a championship everywhere he's gone. Whereas with Michael Jordan, he didn't with the Wizards, even though it was the later end of his career, uh, he wasn't able to win a championship. And so for LeBron to go to L.A., it, from a business standpoint, it makes sense, but I didn't think he would leave Cleveland this soon because I don't think he was, he was going to retire in Cleveland to begin with, but I don't think he would go to L.A. right now. I think for him, uh, speaking of LeBron, he, he thrives on pressure. A lot of people... 
uh, tend to call it chaos. You know, he can't uh, seemingly function when things are serene and things are pretty much on on, on a, a level of, of calmness. So he thrives in the in the arena of, of chaos. And I think for him, it's a challenge. I mean, think about it. He's won the East eight straight years. He's gone to the finals eight straight years out of the East. Everyone seems yeah. to think that he can't beat the Warriors. So what better way, instead of waiting for them in the finals, than to go knock them off in the West and prevent them from getting to the finals? I mean, I, I thought it was, a, you know, looking at it from that perspective, I think it's a, it's a great move. For LeBron James, all I was shocked from the onset, but like I said, after sitting back and looking at the, the the landscape and looking at exactly what he's gone through and what he's done in the East the last eight years, I think he was just ready for a challenge. Let's let's do something different. Yeah, it was. Yeah, from that standpoint, if for him to if he if he's able to knock off the Warriors in like the Western Conference Finals or sometime before then. That just goes to show you how great of a basketball player he is because you're able to go to a, uh, a Los Angeles Lakers team who's only won, I'd say, roughly, I think, like around like maybe 30 games the past three seasons as like an average. And so for him to kind of turn around a franchise like that just goes to show you how great he is. And not to rag on Cleveland, but to see what the effect that he has at them leaving. And then Cleveland going back to, for lack of a better term, Cleveland ways and losing. Right. Yeah, the Lakers were about 35 and 47 last year. Uh, and with LeBron coming, pretty much, pretty much instantly puts them as the third team in the, in the West right now behind the two-time defending yeah. champion uh, Golden State Warriors and, and the Houston Rockets. And um, for LeBron, again, I, I, I think it's an opportunity for him to – once again, prove the naysayers wrong, you know. But he has to win. He has to win in LA. He flat out has to win. Every 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 great that's gone there, whether it be Wilt, whether it be Kareem, whether it be Shaq. Now, granted, all three of those were big men. Those three went to LA and they won championships. So for LeBron to exactly. not for LeBron not to win a championship in LA. Now, granted, it won't be year one. I mean, I'm not naive to the fact I think he's going to do that year one, but I, I, I truly believe it's going to be year two because this, this the, the the Warriors, as we know them, I think has uh, one year shelf life remaining. I think after this year, you're going to see sweeping changes in, in Golden State. Klay Thompson's a free agent. You know, you very well could see him sign in L.A. with the Lakers. You know, his dad's a uh, former Laker, won two championships with Magic. Johnson, play, uh, president of basketball operations. Um, Draymond is potentially a free agent. Uh, Kevin Garnett, or, I'm sorry, Kevin Durant will also be a free agent again. So you can definitely see sweeping changes and um, Golden State. But going back to Magic and, and the impact, I think that's being uh, kind of overlooked in the, in the grand scheme of LeBron signing with the Lakers is that Magic Johnson, I mean, he came in there as a the president of basketball operations, you know the the Lakers have been mired in losing the last five years, missing the playoffs, and he kind of put his neck on the line uh, a week before free agency, mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, if I if I don't if I don't get a free agent here in the next two years, she won't have to fire me. I'll I'll walk away." Now, conventional wisdom may say he may have already known he had LeBron in the bag, so to speak. You know, perhaps he didn't, but to know and to say, "Hey." I'm not getting the job done. I, she won't have to fire me. I, I'll walk away from this. I, it could it could very well have been. It turned out not the best uh, for Magic Johnson. Yeah, because he even said he like he kind of let the media know when people were saying, "I don't know if LeBron's going to go. I don't know if he's going to stay or not." He kind of he's like, "Do you do you know who I am? Like I'm I'm Magic Johnson. I win championships." And so that exactly. goes to show how the confidence that he has in himself, and how he's able to secure the the best player in the NBA, right? Best player on the planet right now, playing, and uh, to get LeBron James. And so, yeah, it is kind of a. I don't like. I agree with you. I don't think LeBron's going to win this year. And with the Warriors, kind of discussing, I think that my prediction that they'll do what 
the Heat did when LeBron was there with the Heat, and they'll all take they'll do like the, the pay cut route to keep everybody because they've seen what they they've been able to do uh, with them together and win championships. So I think that they'll be together for a while because Steph has seen well, you've already seen it firsthand. Steph taking the the secondary role with having KD come and saying, hey, I don't care if you take over. This is, I don't care. I want to win championships. Kind of like what D-Wade did with LeBron. D-Wade just said, hey, this is your team. I don't care. We want championships. So, yeah, I want the money. I want to get paid. But right now, I, I want to ring and I want a championship. So that's what I think the Warriors are going to do with this uh, next few coming off, off seasons. Uh- that remains to be seen. I think you're right. I think we'll see, you know, how strong is the allure of, of L.A. and LeBron. How who, who can LeBron and Magic get to come play with them in L.A.? You know, we already had Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, Rondo, a couple other guys. But that remains to be seen. But what we'll do right now is we'll take a break. We are You are listening to Rayla Sports on the Voice America Sport Radio Network. I am Willie Gibson along with Jeffrey Helms. We will take a break, and we will be right back after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga race course. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game, and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the Coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, welcome back to Rail Sports on the Voice America Radio Network. I am Willie Gibson again, filling in for Ray this week. Talking NBA free agency, we talked about in the first segment about LeBron James and again joined by Jeffrey Helms, and we talked about the impact of Magic Johnson on this decision, and that kind of has been not uh, played up as much as the fact that LeBron signed with the Los Angeles Lakers is that Magic Johnson, the player of basketball operations for the Los Angeles Lakers, sealed the deal, and he put himself on, on the line. Today, it's a two-summer process. If I don't get a free agent this year or next year, uh, you she won't, Jeannie Buss, the owner of Lakers, won't have to fire me. I'll walk away. And uh, Magic took some heat early on in his tenure as president of the basketball operations with the, uh, the weak nod to Paul George. I can't talk to you, but we can communicate. And the uh, NFL didn't take too kindly to that. But uh, he did 
land the the big fish, so to speak, and, and the the world's greatest player in LeBron James. So Jeffrey, you know, critique Magic as a, as an executive. We we know his stature as an NBA player, Hall of Famer, all time great, uh, phenomenal businessman. Mm-hmm. But this is his first uh, foray into the the world of of executive NBA executive. So what are your thoughts uh, with him signing LeBron? I think it it's great for basketball from that standpoint to see um, former athletes being able to be. Play, be able be viable outside of the court and be able to be effective in the front office as well. And so, by Magic basically doing what he said he's going to be able to do and acquiring LeBron, getting a, a like you said a big fish, it's huge for not only the Lakers but just basketball in general. And just showing that uh, former players are still viable and able to do a lot in basketball. And so, by Magic getting LeBron is I can't say enough how how big that is because to get a guy to to leave his home basically in Cleveland was more so Akron, but to leave Cleveland where he just won a championship and where it's home for him to go across the country to L.A. You know he has two homes in L.A., but I know Akron in Cleveland is home for him to get him to come to a team that's filled with all rookies for the most part and basically start from scratch and say, hey, this is your team. Do what you do. You Give me a championship and we're good. And so it just says a lot of how confident and how skilled Magic is to be able to acquire LeBron and use Magic, being able to use the, the his essence and his aura to get LeBron and pull him there to L.A. And you know what? what to only be a part of that three-hour conversation, you know, because – you know, it's been reported uh, Magic went to LeBron's home in Brentwood and had a three-hour conversation with him right at the beginning of the free agency. And to only, like I said, to only to, to have eavesdrop on that conversation. But they have some similarities. Both of them are Western guys, Magic. And for all the glitz and glamour of L.A. and for all of the, the identifying of Magic as Hollywood, Magic's from Lansing, Michigan. You know, Midwestern guy. Yeah. So he has those same Midwestern values. He has uh, relatability to LeBron as far as um, what it is to be a kid from the Midwest. He also has relatability to LeBron because uh, LeBron desires and endeavors to be where Magic is as far as uh, entrepreneurship. You know, Magic Johnson, you know, has, I, I think for all intended purposes, he's probably the most successful the most successful athlete turned businessman in in the history of sports. I mean you look at, you know, what he's done with you know, we mentioned the Starbucks, we mentioned uh the T V A Fridays, the the the, the Pepsi bottling plants. Um he you know, he brought into the Los Angeles Lakers as a as a part owner and then sold it at a tremendous profit when he became a part owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So you look mm-hmm. at now is is his role as NBA executive, as president of basketball operations uh, of the Los Angeles Lakers. So you see his progression from player to businessman, from court to boardroom, and I think that I think that played a huge part in in LeBron seeing that and, and knowing uh, LeBron's goal of being a, a billionaire. Um, I think that went a long way along with his, his on-the-court acumen, but I think those off-the-court opportunities uh, played a, a large role in, in allowing Magic to to uh, sell, so to speak, LeBron James on, on, on playing with the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, because I know, well, my opinion, because I, I didn't think LeBron, or I don't think he's going to retire in Cleveland because I think he'll be in a big market like L.A. or a New York because of what he wants to do when his career is over. And now he said, like you alluded to, he wants to get that, the big B coming to getting that billion. And so being in a big market like L.A. or like New York, it's, it, you could say it's easier to do that in a bigger uh, market, a bigger city like L.A. or New York. 
just because there's more opportunity and there's more there. And so I know, isn't he trying to do, or he has like an HBO special or he wants to direct something like that? Yes, yes. Yeah, Spring Hill is an oh, yeah. entertainment company with uh, Maverick Carter. They're, they're working in the works mm-hmm. of uh, developing a, a project with HBO. Yeah, so being just being in LA and trying and that having that be one of his goals, it's just from that standpoint, it's a smart move for him to go to LA, and it just further amplifies amplifies how much of a businessman he actually is because people don't realize how business savvy he is. Because me and you were talking about earlier today how the the business deal that he did, like with the Beats. And with the soccer team, and when he was uh, just got drafted, and how Reebok came to him with a couple million for a contract, but he said no, and then waited out for Nike, and it was more than what Reebok was offered. And so people don't know how much of a, a businessman LeBron is and how every every move he makes has a purpose. And so it'll all pay out in the long run, and so there's a bigger end goal than what people are seeing right now. And, and you know what, Jeffrey, to that point, I mean, to quote Jay-Z, he's a business man. I mean, he's he, LeBron Inc., if you will. But you, you mentioned a couple of times through, through the show today that you never thought that he would retire um, in Cleveland anyway. And that's been a lot of Cleveland folks are, are the, the reaction's been split. It's been, you know, 70% positive because he did come back and he did deliver on the promise that he made that he was coming back to bring a championship to the people of Northeast Ohio. So he did fulfill yeah. that promise. But you also have uh, the 30% who bring that up that say, hey, I, you, you said you, didn't, you, you weren't leaving anymore. You didn't have the energy to do this again. You know, I'm, I'm not leaving. But then yet you, you left. And so... You know, those those type, I don't know. I mean, what does it say to uh, Cleveland? How does that, you know, just leave the city, the, not necessarily the city of Cleveland, but the Cleveland Cavaliers franchise when you're, the ownership, Dan Gilbert, lost the, the best player in the game, not once, but twice? Yeah, because he even said, um, if I think it was a quote, like, like paraphrasing, if LeBron leaves, he's not that. It's like, okay, and move on, let's keep going. I mean, to a certain extent, as an owner and as a front office guy, you have to kind of have that mindset, like next man up. You can't really dwell on it. But with LeBron, it's kind of a different case because he's in, well, with debate, one of the greatest players of all time. And so by losing him, it puts a, a damper on the, on the franchise and even the city to that matter because how much in effect and how much of an impact he has on the city of Cleveland and how he was able to come through and say, Cleveland, I'm I'm getting one for you, and he was able to come through on that promise, and now he's gone in L.A. And so, yeah, I can see, like, Cleveland is split because he's like, yeah, you want to hate LeBron because he left, but you can't forget that he did bring a championship to Cleveland who hasn't even been ever in the conversation of championship if it wasn't for LeBron to begin with. And so... Cleveland, it's it's kind of they're kind of in a tough situation because you don't know whether to hate LeBron because he left or praise him because of what he was able to do. And I know Dan Gilbert said they're going to retire his jersey, so it seems like he's more on the the being grateful side and uh, is kind of not in the, that bad of a state as the rest of the city of Cleveland is. What a, what a difference eight years makes because that wasn't the case in 2010 when the famous or the infamous Cosmic Sands letter with the self-proclaimed king and the Benedict Arnold of the NBA that 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 kind of came out a little bit in that but you know to his to you know to that point you know Dan Gilbert was a lot more gracious a lot more uh, appreciative this time uh, when when LeBron left and uh, quick story no we're up against the break but. When he did leave in 2010, it's, uh, interesting, interesting story to me is I was able to go to the uh, first game he came back. Actually, with the second game, the first game I did not go to. I went to the second game, 
uh, that he came back as a member of the Miami Heat, and there was a chant, Akron hates you, Akron hates you, the entire game. And I'm sitting there, and for those that don't know, I'm a native of Akron, Ohio as well, and uh, Akron doesn't hate LeBron. As I, as I discussed earlier in the show, the, the, the philanthropic endeavors that he has in, in um, Akron, I promise school that opens up in three weeks, a school uh, for at-risk youth, uh, a youth like LeBron James. For those that don't, don't know his full story, he uh, missed over 100 days of school in the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. You know, due to, um, you know, I believe his mother, uh, he and his mother moved three times that school year. And he cost him mm-hmm. over uh, 100 days of school. So he, in turn, opened up a, a school for at-risk youth to try to, to mentor them and hopefully avoid them to have the same troubles that he had. He also, with the uh, LeBron James Family Foundation, is uh, spending uh, $41 million to send 1,100 Akron children to the University of Akron, tuition-free. And then not only yeah, that, that, he has a program. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, because with, with all of that, it's kind of hard for me to grasp how people want to hate on them and want to say they hate LeBron, but look at everything he's done, like you said, putting kids to school, putting kids to college for even, that even, and not, he doesn't have any criminal record, he keeps his nose clean, you never see him in the tabloids, you never see him on TMZ, getting caught up in any mess, because he's he's just a, he's a great person, he doesn't do anything wrong, it's just people, because we talked about it before, and I was on the show earlier, people, when they see success, it seems like they just hate on it, like with the Patriots. Like, there's no reason to hate the Patriots and hate Tom Brady. Like, what what did they ever do to you? I mean, yeah, there's the scandals and all this and that, but they just win games, and whenever people win a lot, and whenever people are so successful, it they tend to pull out the hate of, of a lot of people, and that's really unfortunate because you can't really appreciate his greatness and the greatness that you see when you're so focused on the, the negatives that you want to see out of him. Well said, well said. And, and with that, we are up against the break. You are listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Radio Network. I am Willie Gibson along with Jeffrey Helms uh, sitting in for Ray this week. Coming back, we, we pretty much tied a bow in the LeBron discussion. We'll go a little deeper into an uh, NBA free agency and Carmelo Anthony and trade talk and player options and ring chasing. We'll get into that. Okay. of this break again. You are listening to Rayla Sports on the Voice of America Radio Network. We'll be right back after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific. Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Welcome back to Red Sports on the Voice America Radio Network. I am Willie Gibson, sitting in for Ray this week again, joined by Jeffrey Helms, and we are discussing NBA free agency. Talk about LeBron's big move to the Los Angeles Lakers, but we'll get a little more into other free agency news, not necessarily free agency news, but the uh, impending trade buyout, what have you, Carmel Lanton with the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. He opted in to his contract with his player option with $27.9 million. And a lot of people uh, criticized him. And it's, it's quite the opposite of what you typically uh, hear about players that he stuck with the team. People thought that he didn't deserve the $27.9 million given the fact that his uh, play has fallen off in recent years. But uh, he stuck, he stayed. He opted into the $27.9 million, which was the NBA and their luxury tax rules would have costed the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder, I believe, in excess of $100 million to keep him. And so they made the decision after consulting with Melo and his representation that they're going to seek either to trade him, if there's no trade availability, to get him off the books, they will do what's called the stretch provision. Whether it'll take his salary, uh, $27.9 million, and stretch it over three years. And even that would save them, I believe, um, yeah, it's $107 million that they would save in that. So, Jeffrey, I'll bring up Carmelo because, you know, a lot of people, and I think wrongfully so, they're, they're, they're describing LeBron's move to the Lakers as ring chasing. LeBron has three rings. He's won two in Miami. He's won one in Cleveland, which for all intents and purposes could probably count as four, given the fact that no championships have been won in Cleveland. So the fact that he won one, and first of all, caught a shot, made a promise to him coming back to win a championship in Cleveland, and then to do it. And now he's being called a ring chaser. And then you have Carmelo, who... For 16 years, we made no bones about it. Carmelo is going to sign for or with the highest bidder. And he, he, he had a chance in uh, 2010, or actually in 2012, because uh, he signed a five-year deal and uh, Wade, Brian, and Box signed a three-year deal. So in 2012, he had a free agent year. He had a chance to go to Chicago for about uh, 80 or 75 to 80 million dollars that he resigned with New York because they gave him a max deal. Whereas at the time, Derrick Rose was coming up an MVP season. He would have had a great shot to win a championship in Chicago, but he took the money the same way. When he became a free agent again, he took the money. New York signed him to a max deal. So, what do you say to those who criticize Melo? for being all about his money, but at the same time will criticize LeBron and other players that we'll get into later and call them ring chasers that you're just chasing rings. Yeah, because with LeBron, it's kind of, you could say he was ring chasing when he went to Miami, even though before he went to Miami, they weren't a playoff team. I mean, yeah, you have Dwayne Wade and Charles Samer, but Miami hadn't won a ring since Shaq was there, and that was like maybe, what, three, four years prior to that. Yeah. And so you can't really say he's ring-chasing because if he was ring-chasing at that time, he would have went to Boston. Correct. And so you can't really say he's ring-chasing because he left Cleveland to go to Miami. Even though he brought Chris Bosh and Ray Allen with him, they, it's not guaranteed that they even win a ring because it didn't the first year. Right. They lost. So... And talking about Carmelo, he was supposed to be Chris Bosh in the big three. So had he been there, it could be a different discussion because they might have gotten that ring the first year. But since Carmelo's all about his money, which is like, would you rather him be about his money or go get a ring? Because at the end of the day, God in the NBA, you play for a championship. And so why wouldn't you want to be in, or why wouldn't you want to put yourself in a bad situation for you to get the ring? I mean, yeah, you want to say hard work, hard work, hard work, you want to work hard for your ring, but why work hard if you don't have to? 
So why not, if you, there is an easy route to get to your ring, why would why wouldn't you take that versus a route where you got to struggle and grind and pull teeth and blood, sweat, and tears to get the ring when, like I said before, you can just take the easy route and say, hey, here's my ring, I'm going to take it. Well, that's about the easy route. Ironic that you bring up the easy route because I want to talk about DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> Otherwise known as Boogie. Boogie Cousins, uh, formerly of the North Cousins, ironically enough, we're in Louisiana as we talk, and, and with the Pelicans, uh, DeMarcus Cousins was injured. We was out late January towards Philly Trendon. With his intended season coming up, uh, pretty much of the Darren Rowan offer would have received match wise. I know New Orleans did offer him a two year, $40 million contract. He rejected that deal. And then, not 24 hours after the Brian Jane signed with the South Angeles Lakers, it's announced that Boogie Shuttle signed a one year deal for the men of an exception of $5.3 million with. The two times winning champion go to State Warriors. Now, it's ironic in that because he was the main one that criticized Kevin Durant. I'm sorry, he called him Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant for his decision two years earlier to join the Golden State Warriors. And now here it is, you, Boogie Cousins, you joined the Golden State Warriors. Pretty much looking worse than them, than KD because. You criticized him. Exactly. And so, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? With that, Boogie can't say anything ever. I mean, yeah, more than likely he'll say for one season probably, but you can't say anything now because, one, you try to get – he tried to get into the Warriors locker room. Two, he's on camera making obscene gestures towards the Warriors and saying stuff about the Warriors and Kevin Durant, yet he wants to be part of that team. And so what would make him different from Kevin, from Kevin Durant? Like, how come people aren't calling Boogie a snake, but he's calling KD a snake? Mm-hmm. So it's the same situation, if not worse. Well, it is because the Pelicans just lost the Warriors in the playoffs. Sure. And the West, I don't know, it wasn't the Western Conference. It wasn't the championship, but... Still, they beat them in the playoffs to get to the finals. And so, with KD, it was the exact same thing, just a different game. And so, yeah, Boogie signed one year for $5 million, but at the end of the day, it's the exact same thing that KD did, but no one wants to talk about Boogie. They want to talk about the Warriors as a whole ruining the NBA. And that will, that's a different discussion. But... It seems like people are scared of competition, and nobody wants to beat the big dog. They'd rather just kind of talk about it and talk around it and say why it shouldn't be instead of just going and doing it. But I don't think Boogie has any Boogie can't say anything any any criticism that comes his way is is well deserved. And I think his his situation is worse because he called the Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> he had the offers at the end. The Lakers wanted they they spoke with them, but they decided to pass because of the injury. New Orleans pulled their deal off the table once he rejected it, and so he had the offers. He called his it, it was July second, the second day of free agency, and you called the Warriors and offered your services. I, I, I just I've never seen the quote unquote superstar shop his wares like that against the wishes of his agent. At that, the agent was not with that line of uh, uh, process at all. Because even with KD, the Warriors were actively recruiting him during the season because that's why the, the, the Hampton Five, they were pulling like, KD, you need to come to Golden State, you need to come to San Francisco, we need you, we need you. If you want to win a ring, hey, come here. And I thought, heard a report that Draymond like cried in the parking lot to KD to get him to come to the Warriors, and so, like you said, this this situation with Boogie is worse off than Kevin Durant because it's not like the Warriors sought out DeMarcus Cousins. He just fell on their lap. He was like, hey, I want to play with y'all. Can, am I welcome? Like, if you're going to – if an all-star calls you and say, hey, can I play with you, nine times out of ten, you'll, you'll be okay with it because 
that creates so many massive problems, so many massive issues for the rest of the NBA, more so than they are to do because of their lineup and what they're able to do on both ends of the floor. So Boogie is kind of, you can kind of replace Boogie as Snake instead of KD. Yeah, that's okay. That's all we're going to say about that. <laughs> but uh, you are listening to Random Sports on the Voice of America Radio Network. Willie Gibson along with Jeffrey Jones. We're going to take a break right here. Come back. And as we mentioned, NFL training camps are upon us. We'll get into that on the other side. We are listening against Random Sports on the Voice of America Radio Network. We'll be right back with you after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Right, you are back with Rail Sports on the Voice America Radio Network. Again, this is Willie Gibson sitting in for Ray this week, joined by Jeffrey Helms. We do thank you for joining us. And as we teased in the going into the last break, is NFL training camps are upon us. It is NFL time. The Baltimore Ravens actually are the first team to open training camp. The rookies do report on uh, July 11th, and they do. Uh, play in the first game of, of the season, the first preseason game that is the uh, uh, Hall of Fame game August 1st uh, versus the uh, Chicago Bears. And then they're, uh, they're two all-pro Hall of Fame middle linebackers going in, uh, Ray Lewis for the uh, Ravens and, and Brian Erlacher for the Bears. And, and Jeffrey, let's get into a little NFL uh, who is your, as I said, the Ravens do open camp on uh, July 11th. And I know it's early. I know it's before uh, any of the training camps are open or any uh, stats have been put out. But what do you, what's your take on the upcoming uh, NFL season? Stairway to seven. That's that Stairway to seven. Stairway to seven. For those, for those that I'm, don't know, and his unashamedly biased take there, Jeffrey Helms is, <laughs> probably uh, one of the biggest, not probably, is one of the biggest uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans that I know. And he mentions that stairway to seven. And, and I can go that, I can take that a, a few different ways. Dana um, uh, <laughs> Ramsey may have something to say about that. Um, but um, <laughs> we, we shall see. But um, speaking of, okay, stairway to seven, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I can take it a different way as well. Um, Le'Veon Bell, you know, under the franchise tag again for the second straight year. Uh, July 15th is the deadline to uh, sign him to a long-term deal. We always hear there's progress being made, there's progress being made. Uh, your thoughts, Jeffrey, as we sit here uh, today, I think it's six days away from uh, next Monday, July 15th is the deadline to sign Le'Veon and, and all other franchise tag players to a long-term deal. 
do, do the Steelers get it done with Le'Veon before Monday? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's going to stay tagged because in this day and age of the NFL, the running back isn't it's the running back position is very valuable, but not as valuable as it has been. Let's say like maybe like eight years ago, when everybody was running the ball and running the ball, running the ball so much, and there wasn't so much of a, a spread offense like it is now. And so, yes, Le'Veon Bell is one of, if not the best, uh, back in the NFL. He won't get the long-term money because. One, he is a running back, and running backs, they take the most pounding on a, a week-to-week basis as far as blocking assignments and getting uh, X amount of carries every game. And two, he's been, I think this was his first season where he was able to complete the entire season because he's been hurt so much. And so I don't think, just from a, a business standpoint, you don't want to invest long-term in a product that has only been uh, durable for one one season. And he kind of missed out on it before because once he saw uh, Antonio Brown's money, he's like, oh, I want that money. But you got to see that Antonio Brown is its receiver and they're more durable and they'll, they'll last longer than a running back because they aren't constantly getting hit like running backs do. And so I think it's kind of his fault because he missed out on the opportunity when it presented itself. So I think, I'll say, if something, if they don't get a deal done this year, next year he'll get a deal, but it won't be super long-term. He'll probably get, he might get tagged the rest of his career. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Wow. Wow. We haven't seen that uh, for quite some time. I, I think back to the uh, mid-90s when you had a uh, former Ohio State Buckeye, Orlando Pace, and, and uh, with the Rams and Walter Jones with the uh, Seattle Seahawks, both left tackles every year. We get franchise tags every year. And then finally, mm-hmm. um, they both end up signing long-term contracts. But they were like three, I want to say it was either three or four years straight where they each got the franchise tag every year. And, and it was well-known. Like, look, I'll be there the Tuesday before the season starts. You know, because the franchise tag, I mean, you're not under contract. You're not. You don't have to sign it until that time. Yeah. And, you know, there's no incentive for you to sign it early. You know, who wants to sweat through two days in training camp? You know, when you don't exactly. have to. And so you know what the money is going to be. You know, you know, they can't take, now you do take the chance of, 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 of a team pulling the franchise tag. And we did see that a couple of years ago with uh, Dave Gettleman and the, and the uh, Carolina Panthers where they did pull the franchise tag from, uh, Josh Norman, and uh, he ended up signing as a free agent with the uh, Washington Redskins, so it ended up working out uh, for him. But, uh, you know, you know, Le'Veon, and uh, it's correct me if I'm wrong, did he not turn down a long-term deal? I think that was about uh, five years, $60 million. He averaged about 12 a year, but he wanted, uh, as you said, A-B money. Is that, is, did, is, am I remembering yeah. that properly? Yeah, I don't. Like I said, like he's because at twelve million, I believe because he's one of the still with the franchise tag, he's still making at the top of the list of the running backs in the league. Even though he does do more than the average back, I like I said before, I would even though I am a a huge Steelers fan, and I want I want the the juice to be loose in Pittsburgh, but from a financial standpoint. And the looking at the future, and we do have um, uh, the rookie we just drafted from Pittsburgh, um, James Conner, James John Conner, James Conner. Yeah, he's, James Conner. Yeah. Um, he's been he's from what we've seen. He looks like he's a Steelers. He's a Steelers running back. He can take the pounding. He can get thirty. 30, 35 carries a game and still be good. Yeah, he was. He did have a little, he was banged up a little bit. But from the the little spurts we saw, I think that maybe next year, if not this year, he could, he has the potential to be a starting NFL running back just based off what I've seen. And he's a, 
he's a he's a workhorse. I like him a lot. And if Le'Veon Bell, for whatever reason, I'm not speaking this until the end or anything, but if he were to say I want out of Cle- one out of uh, Pittsburgh, I think we will be okay with him there. But I don't. I'm not saying I want that to happen. But if worse came to worse, I wouldn't be worried. Understood, and we did. You know, so switching it from the AFC, going on to the and well, from the Steelers, let's let's talk real quick. AFC favorite. You know, it's always been the Patriots, but you know, is there a new new team on the horizon, the Jaguars, so to speak, or, or who, who do you who do you see other other than the Steelers uh, coming for the crown of the AFC? I'd say um, you can always say the Patriots, but with the Patriots, you don't know how long that that dynasty is going to last or that franchise will last with the the bickering between Robert Kraft and um, Tom Brady and Belichick because those three are the core, the the nucleus of the Patriots, and without without them, that kind of crumbles the Patriots because. Those three, that's the that's it. That is the Patriots, and so being that they're kind of in a big disagreement now, it's it doesn't bode well for the Patriots because they are the French. They're like the Spurs. They're the franchise that does everything kind of old school, so to say, and they're the ones that are not necessarily by the book, but they're a winning franchise, and so. The Patriots, I, I can, that's a safe pick to say, but want to kind of be a little risky and go out on a limb out to the Jaguars, even though Blake Bortles hasn't been the Blake Bortles that you saw at UCF, he still is, uh, he can be like a top-notch quarterback because he, he has the tools, he knows what he has to do, and he has the pieces to do what he needs to do for him to win games because, like, unfortunately, oh, they put a beating on hey, the Steelers. Hey, Jeffrey, and, uh, yeah, we got to jump in there. We, oh, Jeffrey, we got to jump in there. We do have to close it out on that note, but we do thank you all for listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Sport Radio Network. Again, this is Willie Gibson with Jeffrey Helm. We do thank Ray again for allowing us to occupy this spot this week. Thank you, as always, to super producer A-Rod for taking great care of us. And we will catch you all the next time, as Ray says, which is always the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.